0: Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week, I'm part of a great program called The Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mindenhall and Pete C. Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So, this is what you have to do. Just follow The Ringer MMA Show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Gold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? I'm borrowing this one from at 90s WWE, a fairly fun, a very fun, fairly well-known Twitter account. Okay. How old were you? when you realize that triple h's finisher actually looks like the letter h ah uh,
1: 35 years old
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: literally i saw the tweet i saw the tweet and i was like it does kind of look like a lowercase h and i've never noticed this until until now yeah no i didn't i mean he is the cerebral assassin so I, if that was on purpose kudos to you listen but. i i
0: i have it i mean i can say with confidence that there are Elements of Triple H's presentation that one would think would be well-known and should be harped on and, you know, whatever, but that that are not. So it's possible that this is another one of those things that he said, hey, that's a cool little Easter egg and I'm not going to tell anybody. But as somebody on Twitter rightly pointed out, if this was on purpose... Every announcer would be saying this every time that he locked it in, right? And then also would it
1: call it the pedigree, right? Like they would call called something completely different if like his name was Triple H.
0: Well, the pedigree goes back to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Well, yeah. So it, it was before he was Triple H, but you're right. They would have changed it. It's the H drive. I mean,
1: the FU was the FU until it was the attitude adjustment. We could have we could have definitely changed it, but I mean
0: why was the F U not okay? I understand the PG thing. <laughs> I don't know. But
1: it's just two letters. It is. I mean, I always thought it He was could a- say
0: D's nuts and, and dangle a bag of nuts. <laughs> could he not? Could he not say that F.U. stood for something else? Like, uh, like, uh... uh forget forcibly you. Unstable.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> what are those? I don't know. Forcibly <laughs> the Unstable. Forget
0: you. <laughs> the Forget You would be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, we've all agreed here. The pedigree does spell H, um, but is not supposed to be an H. It's just a, just a happy accident.
1: It's got to be a happy accident. I don't know. I think Hunter would have leaned in more to the lowercase H's if that was the case. He was very big on the on the, on the the uppercase H's. You feel me? Like, he was yeah. an uppercase H guy. Um. I would have dug it.
0: Lowercase H doesn't really have much strength, doesn't have much energy. It but you're right. Well, yeah, you're pro- it yeah. has no anyway. base. It
1: just it just feels like oh,
0: oh. <laughs> you can't, you can't, it's not yeah, as impressive. It's, a, it's the exhausted end of a word, not the big start of one. Uh, all right, let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch, Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritcher. This is Roast Battle Season One Champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky Steve Kinsey. This is Trey Kirby. This your girl,
1: WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this
0: is Lillian Garcia.
1: My name's Kevin Owens. I'm shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, and you're listening
0: to the And you're listening to you are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Mask man, 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 show. man Show. The Masked Man
1: Show.
0: Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, bro. How about yourself, man? I'm good. We're here with the uh, super producer Brian Waters today. Uh, we got a big show. Got a lot to talk about. Lots. Um,
1: big wrestling we weekend. We had three
0: big wrestling. This is like Wrestlepalooza 2023. What is this year? <laughs> 2023. 2023. Uh, Wrestlepalooza 2023. Stop stopped
1: counting after the we, pandemic, too. <laughs> uh,
0: I, just, I just stopped everything. Yeah, we got Double or Nothing. We have um, Night of Champions. And we have Battleground. All going on this weekend. We're going to. Make our official picks on Wednesday. I mean, on Thursday, on the Thursday show. But right now, on uh, this show, we're going to talk about what matches we're most excited for. But before we get into that, um, a couple of notes to, that we should that we should hit on. Um, there was a big match between uh, Mercedes Monet and Willow Nightingale mm. for the uh, inaugural Indi- uh, New Japan Strong Women's Championship. Um, man, my voice is all over the place today. Sorry, this is the first time I've talked. It's all good, bro. Um, and appeared mercedes was uh was uh, going to win but then got injured uh details are a little bit sketchy it looked like her leg went out on a top rope spot according to p w insider they're thinking it's a broken ankle Oof. which i mean in the grand scheme of things you we're we're obligated to treat this a little bit robotically and we say, hey at least it's not a torn m c l or a c l or both um which is what it kind of looked like at the time but you know, uh, it's a scary moment when something like that happens in a match, and it's particularly scary when you can, you know, do. It. She had clearly had a hurt leg, and when she was up on the top rope and had to jump off the top rope onto the floor to like get away from the pain, which was obviously not an ideal situation. Um, but the flip side of it is Willow Nightingale is your uh, NJPW Strong champion, um, yeah. which congratulations to her. She's just sort of. She's the sort of fighter that could that could do a lot of business for New Japan, uh, and this is a really good opportunity for. Her, obviously, I mean, it does seem like they called this on the fly. I don't really know the mechanics of it. I obviously, don't know New Japan, don't have the experience with it th- that I do with WWE. Who'd be making this call, and and to what degree that you know immediately the machine mobilizes behind Willow Nightingale? But um, wow, I mean, what a! Do you think th- that was called on what the spot? A turn of events. Do you think
1: that was this was? Supposed to be a Mercedes. Everything win. that I've
0: read, I mean, everything that I've seen and read seems to, impl- you know, imply that this was Mercedes' belt for the taking, and um, and they, they did they had to change the ending after she got hurt. Rough,
1: man, rough. I mean, that is unfortunate as hell. I mean, I mean, congratulations to Willow Nightingale. Obviously, she's been um, killing it on AEW for a while. She's a local product too. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of had an incredible year and i'm sure uh you don't the record books don't necessarily remember how you get the w- world title but they will well, always remember her as the first so i think that's incredible but on the flip side it does absolutely suck for mercedes because you know even in wwe it, it always felt like every time she was getting some real momentum she would have some sort her. of injury setback so that i mean that's that's got to be a bummer for her
0: without making this too callous and taking it away from that last point to go back to your previous point, I I think that frankly it's, it's kind of strange, but the pro wrestling world is filled with counterexamples to what we've seen last night where someone gets injured in a match or something goes wrong and they find a way to keep the train running in the same direction. Right? I mean, of course the most famous one is a, Literally half paralyzed, Stone Cold Steve Austin rolling up Owen Hart after he, you know, got his stinger. Yeah, um, but F- there've been Finn a lot Ballard, of
1: more. Same thing with the, uh, yeah, the first there, Universal yes, Championship. And, uh,
0: there've been a, there've been a lot more that are that are you know, less a to B, you know, they, shm- they like call a non-finish or something when something's not going the way that they ex- an- anticipated. They go, I wish there was more stuff like this. I mean, the world would be, I mean, the wrestling world would definitely feel a lot more interesting if sometimes you just had to put the belt on the jobber in the ring because somebody got hurt, you know? Um, but to, um, to Mercedes, great credit. They did finish the match. I mean, it was, it, it wasn't just a non-finish and, and, Willow Nightingale, congratulations, man! I mean, she's got she's got it all. Um, it's sort of just a matter. I Brian is nodding eagerly. <laughs> you feel free to jump in here, Waters. But I mean, it's I think for her, it's a matter of well, it's booking, but it's a matter of of commitment that comes. I mean, booking kind of you know, kind of marches forward from there, right? Someone's just got to decide to get behind her, and because that, that's the only way that fans are really. I mean, fans fans love mm-hmm. Willow. Yes. but the only way that you can really like ch- that you can really like find a an outlet for that for that love is when you feel like a company is committed to her that goes for every wrestler you know it's like how how much energy are you going to spend fantasy booking willow Nightingale if you're not even sure if she's on a full-time contract with your company or whatever you know i mean it's just a, it, it those things matter so i mean i i am i hope that they lean into this. Ha- this, considered a happy accident, and see what they can do with it. What do you
2: what, what do you want to nah, say? I'm just say? you know I'm a fan of Willow. Been one for over five years, watching just her grow throughout. Like Kaz mentioned, local talent, and you see that she just has that effect of that crowd connection. Like you said, people love her. It Roxanne when she was Roxy as the R O H Women's Champion with somebody else who had mm-hmm. that connection, and in Baltimore at the last Ring of Honor show. I saw fans boo Roxy for Willow. And that would have been like one of the moments where if somebody was like yeah. um, confused or probably didn't know what they were doing, they would have flipped the title because it was the crowd would have exploded if she would have became ROH women's champion. Uh, but you know, yeah. you just see her get better. I've seen her in a lot of intergender matches. And when she does that pounce like she did on Mercedes, the crowd goes crazy. It's always a clippable moment as well for social media. So, you know, really mm-hmm. proud of her, really excited for her.
0: Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, again, we're gonna go. I think we're gonna run down our fa- our two most excited uh, the, the the matches from each big pay per view uh, that we're most most excited about. Before we get there, one more one more news item. It's a happy birthday to our guy Brian Danielson. Hey,
1: and Brian Pillman. Yep, <laughs> both have the same birthday. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs>
0: uh, Danielson, that's funny. Danielson's forty two years old today. Um. He's had a lot of ups and downs in his career. It's kind of hard to, like, I don't have, I don't have, there's some wrestlers that have been around so long, they feel like they old, they're older than they are. Some of them get in, young, you know, get in older, and they've only been around for a little while, so they seem younger than they are. I don't really have, I would not have had a real estimate for Brian Danielson's age, outside of, like, trying to remember back to the first time I saw him, obviously, but he feels, I guess, sort of appropriately 42? Yeah, I think so. He, he's gone through a lot. We've watched 42. Go ahead.
1: No Brian Danielson is about the age of my knowledge of independent wrestling outside of WWE. All sure. right, like the first time I saw him, med CM Punk, uh Chris Hero, Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. uh Claudio Kings of Wrestling, those guys. Daniel's Christopher yeah. Daniels like that's like where my knowledge of wrestling outside of WWE truly starts. Sure. So like forty two seems legit. I'm like okay, that trash. tracks. Okay. You know what I mean? Let's,
0: let's let's do let's do a wrestling history quiz. Let's do it. What was Hulk Hogan doing when he was forty two years old? Oh god,
1: if I had to guess, I'm gonna
0: Brian's brain just went into overdrive. <laughs> he like he did the beard thing, and now he's like he's like I got to I got to be right. I got to be right.
1: Was Hulk Hogan what already do you think,
0: Hulk Hogan? What Hulk Hogan's when Hulk Hogan had his forty second birthday? Around roughly, what was it? What was his next big show?
1: Bash at the Thunder Beach, Thunder in Paradise.
0: Well, okay, no, but <laughs> oh, it was around that time. Damn, yeah, no, it was around that time. Oh, okay, Ryan, right. any guess? Any, what was it? What, what was it? What, who was he feuding with when he was 42? Let's do that. Oh, so I was gonna say Ric Flair, Bash at the Beach, but mm-hmm. I sound like a mm-hmm. mall. Close, please don't tell me it's the finger poker. Right after Hogan's 40, 40- <laughs> Please what? don't tell me it's the finger poker. Doom? Oh no, no, no! We're, it's before that. When Hogan turned 42, uh, he celebrated his birthday by having a uh, monster truck match <laughs> on the roof of the arena <laughs> against the Big Show at Halloween Havoc. Um, one of the most we could do a whole prestige podcast about this. They had they 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 had it was a it was a monster <laughs> truck battle. I'm going going off memory here that somehow ended with... <laughs> the murder of, of Paul White, right? The murder of the big show, or murder of the giant, sorry, but also the match hinged on Hogan's manager, Jimmy Hart, hitting the referee with the title belt, which disqualified Hogan. Jimmy joined the Dungeon of Doom, which, woo! what a collection that mm-hmm, was. Yeah. Did that ever get in the book? The Kevin Sullivan episode of, of the book of wrestling or the other episode with the, Kevin Sullivan's interview is, exists, but we didn't get most of Kevin Sullivan in there. Right. Why not? I mean, Most of that long interview. But his, he basically came out and he said, yeah, the Dungeon of Doom, I know it takes a lot of shit, justifiably so. But that entire thing was basically me as the mm-hmm. booker <laughs> finding work for Hogan's best yep. friends so that everybody would have a job and Hogan would stay happy. Yep. It's very strange. So anyway, Jimmy Hart joins the dungeon. Uh, it turns out he like wrote a dis- title, changes his hands in the event of a disqualification clause into the contract. So so giant got the title, but still they stripped him of the title, had a tournament to determine the new champion. I believe it was, it was Macho, World War Three
2: who was... they had the three ring 60 man battle royal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. And Macho yep. won, and Macho, if memory serves, is a year is a year I'm looking right now, a year older than Hogan. Mm. So Macho was forty three at that point in time. Just to keep this on the Daniel Bryan uh, g- loosely connected to Daniel yeah, Bryan. Because you, and then uh, and then Hogan oh by the way, and also at the end of that match, that was when the Yeti came out.
1: The Yeti. <laughs> No. <laughs> the Yeti came out
0: and he and Giant put Hogan in the double bear hug. Oh,
1: God. What a scene. Which is mm,
0: maybe one hit. of the most mm. re- me- memed things in wrestling history.
2: So Giant gets thrown off of the roof,
0: yes. dies, resurrects,
2: and wins the world resurrects.
1: title. <laughs> yes. After a, a big ancient night being comes and. Bear hugs the death out of Hogan. I mean, you gotta give it to Hogan though, right? Like they was just trying shit when they signed him, right? Mm It was like when they when Hogan got to WCW, they were just like, "Yo, fuck it, three rings, why not?" Okay, you got you got to give it to him, but I'm guessing Hogan was sure. Fuck it, that
0: works. Oh man! They just threw whatever at the wall for Hogan. Oh man! First of all, big love to monster trucks. Like I'm a big monster truck rally guy. Hey. It's a at the time, well, probably just more in my younger mm-hmm. childhood I'll when I was World really One. into like the WWF Hulkamania era. Oh man, Bigfoot, Gravedigger, those guys were right there on the on the Mount Rushmore. But yeah, who's who thought this was a good idea for the for an actual championship match? Also, they put it over like it was happening live, but it was taped the day before. There's a whole lot of weird stuff here. Also. You can give it to Hulk Hogan all you want, but I guarantee Hulk Hogan didn't wasn't uh, wasn't invested enough to show up for the walkthrough because they would have known that the Yeti and Giant double hugging Hogan spot was a terrible <laughs> idea if they had just all stood in the same place for thirty seconds.
2: And that was oh the thing God. about the uh, World War Three. Th- it was a giant in every ring. Hogan in one ring, uh, yeah. the giant and the Yeti in another.
0: I remember that, and I remember saying Hogan right. is not a giant. Hogan's <laughs> Hogan was less of a giant than like, like Billy Gunn in AEW is a giant, I guess. But like, Hogan was not, Hogan was a giant in prestige mm-hmm. yes. only. Yes. I mean, he was a big guy. Um, but yeah, now I remember being sort of offended by that. At but the from time. a kid's standpoint, um,
2: Hogan didn't seem old. So I wonder if for kids today, do Danielson seem because wrestling has gotten so much younger. Well,
0: Hogan seemed tired, right? I mean, it was like the the, the routine, especially the pre NWO mm-hmm. WCW Hogan was just boring as hell. Yes, yes. It was, <laughs> it was he like they had, hired the writers from Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling when they were hired Hogan, and they were like, "Yeah, hey, let's do what? I, you got any ideas? Your guys, you guys are good with Hogan. Oh, uh, what about Junkyard Robots? <laughs> do we, have we done that yet? You know, like it's."
1: And they had like that shitty really, version was, of Real American that they did. It, it was is like.
0: Like, oh, so I
1: mean, to me, Man. Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, it wasn't iconic this? at all. Not at all. Thank God they licensed Ride's that Jimmy be a great show. <laughs> <Jesus."> <laughs> um,
0: The... Hogan felt old to me. Hogan felt old to me at the time. I mean, Jericho said a thing recently where he was like, one of the most amazing things about Hulk Hogan is he was bald and nobody really noticed it. I mean, we didn't notice it, but we didn't think of him as a bald man in the way that we think of, like, Wilford Brimley as a bald man of the era or whatever, you know? He was a a bald yet young man, but by this point... I don't know, the sort of reduced mass and just everything just seems sort of budget. I don't know. He, he felt old, like he was getting old to me. Now, if at the time right. you would said he's 42, I would have been like, yeah, right. See, 42 is old now as <laughs> as someone who's 45. I'm just like 42 <laughs> man. he's got he, he decades left. We got,
1: we got to compare lifestyles. You're talking about vegan tree hugging Daniel Bryan, who's probably mm. hasn't had a steak or a burger in his entire <laughs> life mixed with you know, Hulk Hogan who's probably eating the whole thing. Only had stage in his entire <laughs> like, like if that's if that's not a reason to to go vegan, I mean, there it is right there. All you gotta do is put up forty two year old Hulk Hogan, forty years old, forty two year old Brian Danielson, and see what kind of life you want to live <laughs> around that time. So uh man, man. That the first weeks of Hogan at WCW were rough. I'm telling you, bro. Rough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, it's from the moment he touched down. They did the ticker tape parade with him and the and the uh, like Mickey incredible. Mouse, right?
1: And like Disney World or something. Sh- no, MGM Grand, right? Is that what they did the parade? Uh,
0: wasn't it? It might have been. I, it was one of those theme yeah. parks or whatever. <laughs> but Jimmy Hart like is in the car with him, and I remember at the time just being like, "Why does Hogan? Why? Why is this heel manager with Hulk Hogan? It was just like so weird." I mean, I know why now, but even then, it's just like, do we really need, is, 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 is Jimmy Hart ever a net positive to Hulk Hogan's presentation? I love Jimmy Hart, but it just seemed like. Man, got, the, seemed, well, got the aux
1: cord, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it felt, it felt like a very modern thing in some ways where you're just like, oh, they're, like, you're, you're, they're taking the real world, their real world relationship and forcing it onto the screen because they have so much power, and that's something we would boo. Like, that's why you would boo Hogan in 2023, right? It's just like, oh, God. You're getting all your buddies hired. You're bringing Jimmy Hard on in with you. It doesn't help. It doesn't help a babyface have a scrawny, irritating manager, especially in the long run. It doesn't help because you know eventually he's going to turn on you and he's going to join the Dungeon of Doom, um, and you know the rest is history. Anyway, uh, tune in in the future for our full <laughs> read read readout of the Dungeon of Doom storyline in WCW. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Big weekend of wrestling this weekend, and what we're going to do is we're each going to name what match we're most excited about from each of the shows. Match the match at uh, at uh, Double or Nothing, the match at Night of Champions, the match at Battleground. We're each most excited about, and then well, we'll see what happens from there. All right, um, anybody got a coin? To see who goes first, let's flip a coin. What we got? Do everyone have a coin flipping app? <laughs> Brian, I
1: have, uh, I have a brush. I have a stiff side brush and a soft side brush. There you go.
0: All right, stop it. Stiff, stiff, stiff is AEW. Soft is WWE. Now I don't read into that. <laughs> soft side up. <laughs> All right, WWE Night of Champions. Kaz, give me one match that you're really excited about for Night of Champions. I got. I mean, it's it's an obvious choice, but it's it's the
1: right choice. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, for the inaugural. Mm-hmm. I guess inaugural. I don't know. World Heavyweight uh, <laughs> Championship. Um, yeah, I mean. the th- off rip, I just like the way that they're building it. they haven't really tried to shoehorn in like a personal story between AJ and Seth Rollins like I love yep. that um they just did like a career retrospective on Seth Rollins last week and basically was like yo these are this is a guy who has been at the center of everything that has pushed this company forward in the past 10 years, right whether it's NXT, whether it's money in the bank, WrestleMania, uh the pandemic years, universal championship, you know, Seth Rollins has always been involved uh, with anything that is new, groundbreaking. The Shield in WWE, and they did a great job, of really il- illustrating that in a lot of those uh, packages that came out on on on, uh, on Monday last week. it over to AJ yeah. Styles, and you know, I-, I think what makes it so fun is that like AJ really hasn't gotten to do much since he's gotten back, right? Like he's kind mm-hmm. of. You know, he's said very few words. He won the tournament. And now, I said this weeks ago, I think this is a matchup between the two best in-ring competitors in in wrestling, arguably, for the past 10-12 years, as far as, like, complete Sort of, uh, you know, everybody's always talking about the heir to the Shawn Michaels throne, as far as like the person you can put on any card and steals the show and is like the best pound for pound wrestler there is. Sure, AJ and Seth are right there. So, well, who who two better to decide who's going to be your your world heavyweight champion? So, I'm really looking forward to that uh, one.
0: I'm very excited for this match. I think that was my number one too. But I think, is a uh, from a from a broader perspective. I mean there's no wrong choice for the Knight of Champions card it's a very it's a very trim at least what they've announced so far very felt very uh, directed pay-per-view card um but I think what interests me most about that match is the questions that going in that it will be answered right I mean we've talked about the Seth Rollins you know Seth Rollins uh, uh movie career Pose a problem for his wrestling career. I think the answer must be no. But regardless, um, and obviously, whoever wins this match, both these guys are legit. But whoever wins this match gets a real sort of, I don't know, glow up, as the kids would <laughs> say, right? I mean, it is it it is going to be like like a very different look. AJ, if he wins, gets gets switches shows. You know, I mean, and just becomes like the top dude on Raw. Um, and Seth just sort of gets instituted as, I mean, he's sort of been the champion in exile in a lot of people's minds for a long time, and he he finally gets that gets that position. I, uh, we've talked about it before. I think the move is to put the belt on AJ. Although I'm a little bit, uh, as far as picks go, we'll do picks on Thursday, but as far as like actually placing bets, I mean, the Waller effect on Friday has to have you a little bit, it has to have you questioning, questioning the the legitimacy of AJ's of, of AJ's chances, right? I mean, he's there. He's basically just like beefing with a SmackDown star on the eve of partic- potentially leaving the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great, great look for Grayson Waller, but you know, I mean, do
1: you do you think that the the possibility would be? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you won the world title. He wouldn't even get a chance to feud with Grayson Waller, right? Like that's not even right. That would be done. That would, that would kind of be done. So I mean, I don't know. They might be tipping their hand a little bit, but it's not like this isn't without precedent. Like they've definitely had moments where, you know, um, maybe this is just more looked at as, hey, we want to get Grayson Waller more big look, yeah, a, a big look as as the, you know this show. You know, they don't really have shows like that. I mean, the KO show is a thing, but you know, uh, he's busy doing you know real fighting stuff, and this is somebody who's brand new and. Kind of reminds me of the street Profits when they first got brought up, and mm. you know, for weeks they didn't do anything except sort of backstage host Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and, and all that type of stuff. But just tell and you, party in the crowd, right? party I mean, in the no crowd, way. you know, and and you know, maybe that's what they have planned for Grayson Waller so far. Um, But if it does, Waller
0: looks good up there. Wa- Waller looks Waller, like he belongs. He looks like a big timer, right? Mm-hmm,
1: definitely, he gives me. I mean, I don't want to compare him to The Miz because I think that's a lazy comparison, but, like, when you could put him side to side with a guy like AJ Styles just holding a microphone and he doesn't look like he hasn't been there before, it kind of gives you that sort of comfortability that makes you say, oh, not only can this guy wrestle, he could do other things, which is the biggest thing you could have when you're a a brand-new competitor, right? Like, you don't just want to go out there and break your neck, you know, the first time out just to try and impress people. If you can impress people just by standing and talking and being looked at as a threat without necessarily doing anything physical that's that's mm-hmm. a great place to be at so i think they have big plans for Grayson waller it just i don't know it might be tipping your hand a bit if uh you know uh seth Rollins is going to be your your first world heavyweight champion and it doesn't really make sense you know what i mean like it just it just feels good to me with with, with roman and seth as like your two top dogs in this company right now. So I know I've gone back and forth a lot about who I think is going to win this. Well, We'll make
0: official picks later. Yeah, um, yeah, But I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Grayson Waller all night. I told him when I was talking to him at WrestleMania, I was just like, dude, no one has gained more esteem in my eyes since the debut of NXT 2.0 than Grayson Waller. When he first popped out there, I was just like, I think I said to him where I felt really, I felt really awkward after saying it. I was like, who is this skinny guy? You know, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was the big fan of the shorts. That was my thing.
0: Mm-hmm. No, the shorts are great now, now the though. You know what I mean like I don't because yeah. they because they add something to the character, mm-hmm. you know? But at the time it was just a whole lot of stuff happening at once. I was just like is this like a Kevin Federline gimmick? <laughs> Kevin Federline by the way did not wrestle in shorts if memory <laughs> serves. He wrestled in like we well, did. He wrestled in like Khaki shorts and uh, you know a quadruple XL white T shirt, yeah. which you know as one does. <laughs> I mean, um, Floyd
1: Mayweather sort of wrestled in in those Grayson Waller boxing shorts, I guess. Yeah, but I like the boxing
0: shorts. It's a good look. It's different,
1: it's different.
0: Um, um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's a big one. All right, so if you have picked that one, now I got to pick a different match. Whoo- um I think that the big note coming off of that one is that it's interesting to see where the, I mean for me. I'm I'm excited to see where they're going to go. I, I think that there's a lot of these matches that fall into that category, right? I think everything for a show like Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia, which could just sort of be a borderline throwaway yeah. in terms of long-term storytelling, aka into the Saudi verse, or things matter
1: or yeah. they don't.
0: <laughs> I, I think that, I mean, I, I, it's weird. The match that sort of has that feels the most solid is sort of Rhodes versus Lesnar, but I'm not sure how that's going to end. I think between Rhodes, Lesnar, Bel Air, Oscar, and I said it last time, Gunther and Ali, uh, I think one of those is going to really shock us. I don't really know. I, I don't I don't have some inside info and I don't really know what else to say. I just think that... You think I, we're going to get a, like shock, uh, bubbling.
1: a title change, you think?
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, think, I think it's either going to be Oscar or Ali winning or... What, what what do we think, Rhodes versus Lesnar? I, I is the, the money is on Cody Rhodes, right? I don't know. I mean, this but is that's a, it. You can never pick against Lesnar. Yeah, right? this is
1: Brock Lesnar and the what? Is this is a fight? Is the street? So fight a shock in
0: that match would be one would be one of them winning decisively, mm-hmm. like and easily. Well, we'll see. Uh, I gotta pick the other one though. If we're gonna go, if we're gonna go, match we're most excited for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. First of all, this is a Big time match, right? I mean, in SmackDown, on SmackDown this week, they did a lot of the legwork for making and I mean they've been doing the legwork for a year, but a lot of the work for making us care about this match. Um and a lot of the work for I mean, but but they but they've really made this feel really special. Um special for a lot of different reasons. The thing that I can't get over is Normally, you put Roman Reigns in a tag match on a big show and it's like a sort of like a, not a full vacation, but like a like a like a like a half day Friday sort of situation. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like that's why you put the champ in a tag match. But like this putting a normally the partner wouldn't be Solo Sokoa. Normally, the partner w- would be somebody who's going to be the workhorse in the match. Right. Solo is going to I mean, Solo is going to presumably do that. But this is a lot. This is a lot on Solo. And I mean, he's been living up to everything so far, but this is going to be really interesting to see the kind of look that he gets and frankly, to see the degree to which Roman Reigns is involved with his own team's victory or downfall. Mm. Mm. I just think there's a lot of questions in this one. Um, It's funny, like I think that partly because of Sami Zayn's history of not working in Saudi Arabia, I think that. Nobody would have been terribly shocked if, like, the Bloodline or Imperium had taken the belts off of KO and Sammy before the big event. And, hell, we got a whole week. They might still. It might
1: happen. It still might but,
0: happen. But if they get there with the titles, I'd be pretty shocked to see them lose. I don't know. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot that can happen here. But regardless, we got four, we got three absolutely elite wrestlers plus Solo Sokoa, who we might be saying is absolutely elite within the next, 8 months. Um and I mean uh, going from a couple of weeks ago we were just like they just got to have Kevin Owens turn on Sami Zayn because I don't care about any of this anymore. I got to tell you uh, they got me back in. They got me back in.
1: Listen man, that moment between Roman and Solo could launch like seven different storylines alone, right? Like Mhm. This tag team match, I think I'm not necessarily excited for because of the prospects of a title change. I'm excited because I feel like there's still going to be more layers to pull off of this Bloodline storyline, right? Like, it feels like... It all feels like the roads are leading to a Bloodline implosion, right? Like, I feel like the main match, either at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank or whatever down the line is either a tag team match between the Usos, Roman, and Solo, or a Fatal 4-Way match with all four of those guys, and, you know, and and maybe you put the titles on the line, right? Like, I think that's, you know, I, I think one thing that they haven't done in a while is kind of go back to the beginning of what brought Roman to power, and Roman came into power by beating the shit out of Jay, beating the shit out of Jimmy, and he hasn't really touched Solo until Friday. And when he touched them for the first time, he almost looked like you know, he didn't look scared, but you know, everybody felt that tension between them two, right? So, I feel like it, it, a lot of people are sort of like foretelling, you know, and I think I was one of those folks. I was like, you know, it would just be funny to have Roman Reigns have the the, the tag team titles just to have the Usos walk around and carry them for him until they finally go nuts and, and they you know, explode on each other or whatever, but I mean, a fatal four-way w- between the bloodline for the, you know, undisputed WWE championship is something I almost think is, is an inevitability at this point. Like, maybe SummerSlam. Like, you talked about, he really drove home the fact that this was the first time the bloodline main-evented two nights of WrestleMania on Friday. Mm-hmm. Don't have to take it away, whatever. I think the only way you step that up is if all four of those guys headlined SummerSlam for the, world, for the, for the Undisputed Championship. At Jimmy, Jay, Solo, and Roman. And that's, you know, the bloodline implodes at SummerSlam. <laughs> and I think whatever happens from this tag team match at Night of Champions is going to set the course for that. You know? Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think this is going to go back to Jimmy and Jay just being tag team guys afterwards. I almost think this is the last hurrah as those guys as tag dudes because i think jay is ready for his solo run i think jimmy's been supremely underrated throughout this whole thing and you know his sort of his sort of uh role within the entire bloodline storyline is is what kind of started this thing in the first place so i think that's going to be interesting story to tell and now you got solo who's not scared of nobody And even almost puts a little fear in Roman's heart. You know what I mean? Like, so, it's very good, fellas. It's very, you know, the person's closest to you is probably going to be the one that does Roman in. So, who knows? Who knows? But I think that all starts with this tag match at Night of Champions, whether they win or lose. at,
0: At the risk of getting way, 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 way too far ahead, if Solo is the one that eventually topples Roman... (laughs) <laughs> does roman just show up to show up a baby face on the next episode of smackdown i don't
1: first off like solo was low-key a baby face like not in the
0: oh, i know not oh, i the, know that's what i'm that's why i'm asking yeah
1: like not in the sense of like you know he's a he's a, he's a he's a he's a badass baby face which is hard to do And you know i feel like if he did whoever whoever is the guy to topple roman Becomes immediately the biggest, the biggest good guy in the company, unless it's like Logan Paul.
0: There, you think you think <laughs> whoever beats Roman, I'm saying. But if someone, Logan, if, pa- if Logan like, Paul
1: is the only person that could beat Roman Reigns for the title, and Roman and and we'll turn Roman baby, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the
0: only way I see it happening. But what if it's Roman versus Cody and and Solo and Paul Heyman take just take Roman out? They're like you were the problem. Cody gets the win. Doesn't that make Roman a baby face and Heyman and Solo are the heels?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, if if it happens sooner rather than later. <laughs> but if they wait until yeah. WrestleMania 40 to do that, like I don't know, I feel like Roman to be. Nah,
0: you're right. They're gonna get
1: cheered. Yeah, he'll get cheered regardless, right? <sighs> so we'll see, we'll see. But I'm, I'm no, that's definitely match I'm super excited about because I think either way, you're, we're we're heading towards a a fatal four way sort of like every man for himself for the for the title sort of situation. I think this is the start of it. I think Friday was the start of it, but this Saturday, is going to be like, oh, oh, this is where we're going.
2: why does
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll you have a different match that you're
2: excited about? Yeah, now? I actually do. Um, Asuka and Bianca. Um, just looking at everything that's leading up to it, I feel like another... This is one of them times where I feel like Bianca's title reign is in jeopardy because Asuka's doing the little stuff, getting in her head, the miss... She's already mad talking about getting her lick back. And I think Asuka can catch her slipping because she's dead set on getting her lick back that I think Asuka mm-hmm. can take advantage mm-hmm. of it. So I'm really excited about to see how this continues. Because it also feels like, yeah, we got a rematch, but it's kind of like AJ Styles and Shinsuke a few years ago where it was like the start of a new chapter. And I felt like the WrestleMania match was more the beginning of a new chapter, and I think this is going to be the rivalry to take us into the summer. I,
0: I think you're right. I think that my hesitation, when these two are on the screen on S- SmackDown, I love that mm-hmm. whole segment. I'm fully in. When they're on screen together, I'm all, I'm all the way in. I think that my only hesitation here is just the history of booking for Bianca Belair and, in general, the booking of the women's division over the past six months or so. I don't know how much I should care. I do feel like this might be the one where something weird happens. If if Asuka wins, it's going to be wild. And I think that, frankly, this is one of those times where maybe you just have her win because, you know, just to sort of, like, wake everybody up, you know? You're just not, I mean, liter- not literally for that show, but for um, people who are having the same vibe that I'm having right now. You know, like, oh, crap, anything can happen here, too. Um, I don't know. Is Bianca, Bel- Bianca Belair, it's, is she a baby face or a heel in Saudi Arabia? Oh, I don't know. I think she's a baby face. I think that... Uh, who knows? Who knows? But it would be really cool. It would be really shocking and cool if Oscar won. So I'm with you on that. Kaz, you have thoughts? Yeah, I think...
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are starting to wear thin on Bianca. Not her as a talent, but like just to do something different with her character. And it just kind of seems like, especially after the damage control feud with Bailey with EO Sky, um, you know, it, it kind of made people feel like, all right, let's try something new. Let's see where it is. I don't know if it necessarily is going to result in a title change. That's sort of like the easy way out to kind of make it happen. But I almost think like you could... Best thing I can compare it to is when CM Punk was world champion, right in WWE, where he was the babyface best in the world for a while, and then like mm-hmm. slowly but surely, like he sort of turned as a champion. You know what I mean? And instead of going from this babyface that everybody loved, uh, he, they became a little bit just more erratic, neurotic, more you know, uh, I don't want to say paranoid, but like it kind of, it eventually turned him, turned her uh, to the other side without necessarily changing who she was. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they're going to go that direction with it. Um, but I just, I, I I have a fear that people will start to eventually get bored of Bianca. Um, not her as a talent. I want to be clear. But I just think storyline-wise, things have reasons to get interested in her. I think they've done a, a tremendous job as establishing her as literally one of the faces of the WWE. But I do think they need to do something to get more, like to get more meat off that bone as far as storytelling with her, because I don't think they're telling a whole lot of stories with her anymore. It's just people line up and they get mowed down. And Oscar got got uh, upper hand on her twice in the twice now. It seems like it. And it seems like uh, you know, a championship victory would make it a little bit more uh exciting. But then it just starts a whole nother chase and then Bianca, unless she loses and doesn't get the title back, then it's it's all for naught, right? I think that the play here is Bianca retaining, but doing it in ways that she hasn't done before that makes people look mm-hmm. at her and be like, Huh, okay, that was different. You know what I mean? Whether she's a little bit more aggressive, whether it's whatever it is.
0: I- I've been fantasy booking this for too long, but man, get, get Montez involved. <laughs> I would love to see a rever a gender swap macho man, Liz here or something, you know, just like, it, well, it doesn't really work, but that's like, but just to have the relationship on the screen, but, but have Bianca be like the world conquering hero. And Montez is a little bit, you know, who's, the, who's the one with the, with the bad ideas sort of being the storyline, right? Just like, I don't know. I think there's a lot you could do. <laughs> um, Anyway, I agree. I, I think both those are really good. I think I just hope something interesting happens. Something interesting I, has got to happen. That's it right there. All right, let's jump to to, uh, to Double or Nothing. It's going to be an exciting show for a lot of reasons. Yes, very exciting show. Um, uh, Can I talk about what it? it? What, <laughs> uh, do whatever sure. you want to do. Are we going to break some news?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I will be hosting the AW Double or Nothing pre-show Alongside Renee Paquette and Paul White this weekend New show. in Las Vegas. Chilling Sh- it show. up. Suck on that show. <laughs> Suck on that wrestling Reddit. Uh, I know y'all gonna be tight to see my black ass up there. But no, I can't <laughs> wait. Um, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh there's so many good people back there. And uh shout out, obviously shout out Mike Mansuri for tapping me for this. It's gonna be so much fun. And it, it, I, I personally believe this opens up the world for shows like us to show that, hey, wrestling anywhere is great, like wrestling everywhere. So I can't wait to be at Vegas for Double or Nothing. It's my first time at an AEW pay-per-view. I did Grand Slam twice so far, but uh, this is going to be my first time hitting there. So fantastic! can't wait to check out everybody and see how it goes, man. It's going to be really fun.
0: I can't wait for you to get all your picks wrong. It's going to be amazing <laughs> stuff. Uh, okay, but so what show... Now that you're fully invested and chilled out oh, yeah. and, and whatever you say here is going to be addressed to you directly by now. someone with the company, <laughs> what what's the one match going into double or nothing that you're most excited ah, for?
1: Easy one. Anarchy in the arena, Blackpool combat club taking on the elite. Uh, I feel like it's anarchy. I said, I think I said this last show, but anarchy in the arena is my favorite AEW match that they do uh, more than blood and guts, more than, uh, any of these death matches or whatever they've had, Anarchy the Arena is just like everything I love about pro wrestling. Like imagine, like imaginative violence, right? Like how yeah. can we take this entire arena and turn it into our own personal playground and make sure something crazy is happening at every single time? It's not like three people going into one place. It's like everyone has like a specific area of the arena that they all work towards. And then eventually they all meet somewhere. And then like somebody comes down on a horse or whatever. And like, it's just, I just, I'm just looking forward to like what crazy stunts they're going to pull out for this match, whether it's a car, whether it's people coming on horseback, whether it's somebody jumping off a screen or some shit like that. Like, you know, it's going to be some wild shit. And above all of that, I do believe that this is one of those feuds that can really define what AEW is all about, right? On one side, you got the Blackpool Combat Club, who are this Mm -hmm. world-respected WWE, Japan, indie legend between Danielson, Moxley, Claudio, and of course, you know, Wheeler Yuta, who's a former Ring of Honor champ. And then you got the Elite, who's finally all back together again for the first time since the beginnings of AEW. And, uh, you know, I think this is going to be the first time we really get to see the Young Bucks, Kenny and and, and Adam Page, really let loose uh, in a long time. And one thing I said about AEW ever since the whole brawl out thing was the person who got the shortest end of the stick out of all these people was Adam nice. Page. <laughs> and I think they had to do... The, the, the hardest job they've had to do was rebuild that dude into being a big fucking deal. And when he came out, and the elite saw him and that crowd reaction it was like all right mission accomplished like yeah that dude is a big deal again and i think this match is going to go a, a long way into uh establishing that so i'm really excited for that man like i don't know who's going to win i think there's there's re- there's fun reasons for both of those guys to win as far as storytelling is concerned but uh i'm just looking forward to the to the to the nuttiness of what that match is going to look like it's going to be fun
0: Yeah, I'm going to reserve my pick for um for Thursday, but I think I know who I'm going to. I think I know where I'm placing my bets in that match. You're right; it's going to be a fun one. I think I said last week that I'm not the biggest anarchy in the arena guy, although you know the match generally always pay off. Uh, But when you're talking about high spots, you're talking about I want to see what they pull out. That goes, I, I had a similar vibe when I was, a similar thought process when I was picking, when I was making my, my selection. There's a lot of things that I, there are a lot of, every match on this card has something that I am deeply invested in. It's not always the storyline they're telling me. Um, You know, in the tag match, the, you know, I did the, the FTR match, like uh, the Jeff Jarrett reincarnate reinvigoration yes. is just one of my favorite things. Yes. in wrestling. And to see them go with, with FTR is going to be him and lethal go with FTR against FTR is going to be a whole lot of fun. Similar thing with Christian K. I, we haven't seen Christian really go in a long time. And I'm very excited to see Christian Wardlow. I mean, that's just a, like, this is why you got Christian there, but it's not just, he's not just a gatekeeper. This dude can go. He's one of the most elite guys in the world. Uh, and has been obviously for decades. So uh, that'll be really fun to watch. Um, in terms of talking about uh, on the Grayson Waller scale of, of matches that started off with me having zero interest and now I'm like now I'm like rocketed to the moon, I am deeply invested in Adam Cole Chris Jericho. I'm, I'm very I'm very very excited for that one, but by a nose over that match, I had to go with the title match MJF the four the four pillars match MJF Sammy Jungle Boy Darby because I've had issues with that storyline in a lot of different ways, Um, but I'm looking at this card, watching the tape, crunching tape, going through everything, and I think that there is a 0% chance that this match isn't just mind-blowingly good. I I think that everything... That everybody said about this storyline is gonna fuel them. I think that you put these four guys in the ring, and I think that it's gonna be necessarily awesome, but they're gonna put they're gonna shift it into high gear and do so give us so much more than whatever it is that we're expecting. Um, all of these guys are big match guys. Yes. With the exception, I guess, of Jungle Boy, we just have seen less of him, but I mean, they're all potentially like big match overachievers we know that's true of MJF we know that's true of Sammy Guevara we know that's true of Darby Allin I think this is going to be a ridiculous match man yeah I think it's going to I think it's going to I just think it's going to be so good and I and and um I almost went with Cole Jericho on this and I was going to say as a caveat Unless somebody besides MJF wins in the title match, right? <laughs> that if you could tell me now that someone else is going to win, then I put that number one. But then I started saying that and I'm like, no, that just means that I'm invested in that match more. If it, I don't think, I think MJF going to walk out the champion, but the chance, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's 75% chance that it's somebody, well, that's not true. That's the fake wrestling odds. But
1: uh, that's the novice. idea
0: that somebody else might win is pretty, pretty delectable. Um, yeah, I don't even know who it would be, and I don't think this is really. I mean, this is not the way you crown Darby. Uh, I don't think it's even particularly the way you crown Perry. I could see Sammy pulling out a cheap win, that's what I'm
1: looking at, too.
0: And then we got some Sammy MJF drama we can fall back on, and, Sa- and Sammy's basically a transitional champ, not necessarily transitioning away from MJF, but he's just sort of a storyline champ. Um, you can tell this company loves him, and you get that under your belt, and that always always helps moving forward. I, I don't think it's zero. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's better odds that the belt changes than this match is a stinker. If that, even though there's are two things you can't compare. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm ve- I, I'm the the more I kind of stared at this one, the more I'm excited about that match. So that's so that's my pick. Um, Would you have any thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel you 100 percent on each one of those. I feel like anybody's um. Uh, a re- reservations about that match it isn't necessarily about the work; it was just about the story. The story was a little fluky. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody looks at that match and thinks it's, it's not going to be a fucking banger, right? So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think um, I think a few weeks ago, if you would have put a gun to my head and said, "Hey, if you want to pick anybody but MJF to win this, who would it be?" I probably would have went Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, the, the AW all access show and just seeing the, the MJF, Sammy Guevara source story, seeing the rise of Adam Cole and the outside looking in, I feel like he's going to go over Chris Jericho. He's probably next in line as far as like, who's going to get that, that world title shot. Um, it, it feels like to me, I mean, MJF is the champion for a reason. I know these guys are four pillars and they all started as the young dogs that are going to help lead this company into the future, but the future is now. And there's a reason why that guy's got the gold first, right? Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. as much as all those guys are extremely talented, like I got to say MJF is just on a level above all those dudes. So um, it's just going to make the most sense for him to establish that storyline Canon as well, and and not just from the eyes of folks who watch. You know these dudes. He has to win. He has to be that person who comes out on top and and establishes himself as the top young star in in that company. So, um, really looking forward to that, but really looking forward to the match itself because I think MJF and just this entire storyline has been like under promise and over deliver. Right, like it, yeah. they they do that all the time, and I feel like every single time I go into a pay per view match, thinking like, "Oh, well, it's NGF." Da 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 da. That's like, wow, this match is amazing, <laughs> right? Like every single time. So, yep, there's more bodies to play with, and there's more, um, you know, opportunities to do some crazy shit. So, I'm really looking forward to that match, and I think, um, I think it's gonna be worthy of a main event pay per view match. It's gonna be great.
2: Brian, what do you got? I'm looking forward to Jade and Tyre. I think this... um, I think it's going to be a good match just because the story... uh, And I feel like, you know, Jade looks vulnerable. Um, I feel like is coming back with something to prove. And just on that alone, has got me invested. So I'm really looking forward to that match.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, not a ton to talk about there, but they... How many le- how many days are we into this to 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 Jade's reign right now? Didn't we just reach another She's benchmark? Fifty nine and zero, right? Is it fifty nine? Fifty eight. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> they owe us one. Um, I hope it's going to be a good one. I I, I I they got the ability to put one on. Let's let's cross our fingers and hope for the best. I mean, listen, this this card is absolutely stacked. I mentioned a bunch of the matches. Um, got the Blackjack Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh Cole Jericho match they talked about unsanctioned, it's gonna go, it's gonna be absolutely nuts. Um, man, I mean, there's just so much cool stuff that's gonna that, that can come out of this one, and you know when this show is over. I hope you're just doing the pre-show, right? There's no post-show. Just, you don't just have the to. Pre-show. You don't have to be there at four thirty <laughs> in the morning when <laughs> they're wrapping things up. <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ. Let's hope not. Uh, yeah, no, just the pre-show. I think it's uh zero hour. So uh, can you have a? Can you? Can you? You're up. You're up there with show. I mean, with with Paul White. Can can you? Can you like do an Instagram story like uh, a catering eating contest with him after the pre-show or something? I'm not trying to take no L's out there, man. And
1: I want to, I don't want to disrespect the legend. So nah, we we. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna feel like back. Then. I've never, I've never been backstage at the AEW show. I, I mean, I know a ton of people who work over there, uh, but um, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be really fun, and I love being able to just
0: wait. Seriously though, can you get Big Show? Man, I'm gonna give you guys social content. Get Big Show, get Mark, Henry. Um, we got a ringer TikTok. Who else is who <laughs> I said we
2: do huh? have a ringer TikTok now. So
0: hey. see we'll see, take them to uh, take them to an all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> in one of the in one of the casinos and just let it go. Just see what First happens. First
1: thing I'm doing is comparing the catering as soon as they get back there. I'm like, mm, mm. whichever, that's that's you know, if they got the salt and pepper chicken.
0: <laughs> that they got a uh, uh, city theme. That's nuts. I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard anybody just like tweeting about that.
1: I mean, there's only a handful of people that can really compare and contrast <laughs> the caterings, you know, so
0: no, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's
1: going to be, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited for the opportunity. And uh,
0: Tony Khan might have some just like private chef back there, just like cooking it up. What would be the best thing? What would pop you the most? Assuming it's a fairly standard catering operation. Mm.
1: God, I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing: here's the th- this is such a silly conversation. But the,
0: the, what's it-
1: what's the best thing about WWE catering is that it was city specific, right? It wasn't just like you know
0: you told you said this, but you said this a couple weeks yes. ago. That there's like local food, yeah.
1: Like if we, well, if we were overseas, we'd have like the UK food, which was terrible. But if we were in New Orleans, you know, it would be rocking, right? So Vegas is different. I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect from Vegas, but Dave, Brian, you guys will be the first to know uh which plates is hitting once I get back there, man. It's gonna be Okay. Fun.
0: Let me just make it a specific question. New new cold, cold closed question of the week. What what would get you more excited? What would what would you pop bearer for if you went back into catering? Is it the prime rib under the heat lamp with a dude slicing it? Uh.
1: Gosh. Or is
0: it a or or is it a uh uh dude standing behind the waffle iron making you whatever the waffle with whatever toppings you I'll want? Throw,
1: I'll throw a third caveat in there. I'm a big fan of the pasta bar. When people can make their own <laughs> uh they take their pastas and you just tell them. What oh, like they have
0: the little frying pan yeah, and they just like they, you they, just tell them what uh, to put in. Oh
1: yeah, that's that's my jam right there. But I mean,
0: it is not the pasta bar like the old fashioned Wendy's pasta bar where you just scoop some noodles <laughs> no and you scoop some you are like, do you want red sauce or white nah, sauce son, that, not that straight
1: up uh uh I don't know if, if you guys have fresh and Co outside of New York City, but straight fresh and Co oh, yeah. York, like just you know give me all my ingredients, you know, saute that join up, and make it delicious nah uh but yes i would I would pop i think I, i'm not, I'm a breakfast bar guy right, if you could omelet me up too. Yeah. Omelette, make your own waffles, that type of shit. Fantastic. Always down for that. Oh,
0: Brian, prime rib or waffle bar? Oh, prime rib. Gives me um, the
1: itis, though. I gotta be uh, I gotta be awake uh, and sharp, right? Like <laughs> mm. slow roasted anything. I'm 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 liable to take that. Give me the itis, out.
0: but you can't say no. That's what makes sure it so good anyway.
1: Good lord.
0: <laughs> um, let's talk real quick about Battleground before we get out of here. Uh, Kaz, what's your, what match are you most excited for at him?
1: I mean, I'm excited for that main event. Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes mm-hmm. for the NXT Championship with Trick Williams in his corner. Braun Breaker, I said this months ago that before he even lost the title, uh, he was getting a little boring. And right now, he's anything but boring. He has turned into a straight-up badass. He's gotten, He's taken the parts, all the good parts of heel Scott Steiner. And morph them into you know the 2023 version of that. He's beating the shit out of Trick and Mello every single time out, and now Mello, who was probably one of the most egotistical dudes on the roster, maybe a couple months ago, is like turned into a sentimental babyface in his hometown. Uh, so I think that's going to be an incredible uh, moment for Braun and Mello, and I think their match was good at nxt uh stand and deliver but i do think they have there's a level up that they can go uh and i think the hometown crowd i think the fact that it's not just the i respect you you respect me sort of storyline the fact that braun breaker has turned into a straight-up jerk and 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 wants to you know just maul and annihilate people now i think uh bolts well for the chemistry of this match so i think it's going to be a great finish i think it's going to be a uh, a great uh, run it back moment for those two. I mean, the match was good. I stand the deliver. It was a great moment for Melo, but just seeing the matches Carmelo's had over the past several years, uh, I I know he could step it up a little bit more, and I think they have more of an emotional reason to step it up uh, in this in this rematch. So obviously, it's the easy one. It's the main event, but a guy like that getting to perform as a champion in his home state slash hometown. Is always uh, yeah. is always a good one to watch.
0: I will say, the build on this one has left a little something to be desired for me. Really? I'm gonna go. I agree that Breaker's a great heel and I love Mello endlessly. Shout to Carmelo Anthony, by the way. Announced his retirement this morning.
1: Legendary Bucky Getter. Shout out Mellow.
0: One of Mello and Braun is still going <laughs> for a couple more days in the NBA For a couple playoffs. more days anyway, right? Um yeah, there's just something that's not quite clicking. It just seems a little bit by the numbers. This is a really great WWE um uh highlight package feud right now. Right. Like the the highlight package they show before this match is going to seem is going to make it seem like an epic feud. And yeah, there's just something in the watching the shows week to week that's not 100% there for me. I mean, frankly, it feels like they've already penciled this in for like two more months. And so, you know, or until whatever the next NXT pay-per-view is um so, maybe that's part of what I'm feeling. I'm just not 100% in yet. Uh, but this is, I mean, honestly, that's the match I'm most excited about because those two guys are the two guys I'm most invested in. Um, but if I have to pick a match I'm most excited for, I got to go completely the other way. And I'm not making some sort of comparison in terms of the story they've been telling. But if we're just talking about what's going on bell to bell, then it's Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee. I cannot wait to see those guys get in the ring together and just absolutely, <laughs> oh, I just took Ryan's pick. Ah, I love it. And just absolutely blow it up. I will say, Brian, why don't you talk about that one then? If that's the one you're most excited for,
2: so I'm very interested just to see those guys, you know, go at it, especially for this Heritage Cup um, and this British yeah. Round Rules match. Like, I don't have like a lot of like memories with that, so I'm like really excited about it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the reason why that's my pick.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 gonna be absolutely crazy. The NXT Women's Championship match is still up in the air as of recording, so it's a little bit hard to make a pick. I I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I went in thinking I knew exactly who was gonna win, but I don't. I right. don't. I I don't know. Um, and we'll
2: have that on Wednesday Worldwide, but like I could see it going both ways. Like either a revisit of Cora Jade and Roxanne, or. Uh, yeah, which is what you
0: would normally do when you're sort of like reestablishing yep. a division. And obviously, both of them are still at the very top, and like it's an easy face heel mm-hmm. matchup, or go ahead. Yeah, Tiffany Stratton and um,
2: Lara Valkyria. Um, Cause I thought Stratton was the forefront winner. That's who was my pick
0: from the agreed, jump. agreed. But yeah, that's what I that's what I thought too. I just couldn't. <laughs> I I, th- I feel like it's gonna. I mean, I feel like if you show me these two matches, the one I'm most confident about is that Cora Jade is going to end up mm-hmm. in the finals. So Roxanne makes a lot more sense. Um, but who knows, man? Maybe you just go Cora Jade, Tiffany Stratton, and you make this about you know. You make this like a sporting mm. contest, and not just about some like storyline. You got to spring yeah, out. Yeah, I feel like you were String you were out.
1: heavy. Uh, you were you are big on t- Tiffany Stratton early.
0: I gave her a rocket or an honorary yeah. rocket early on. We have to do rockets good, next week. Yeah. But we'll, but uh, but but yeah, I mean, I listen. We a month into her NXT run, I was like, yeah, not only is she she got the stuff, but w, she's got all the WWE stuff, and I think that that you know we're seeing that now, kind of built into the character a little bit um that she's just ready for the big time and all of, all of her interviews are about like she does like KV like shoot interviews and you know with like news outlets or whatever and it's all about well when i'm on raw or when i'm on smackdown um yeah she'll she, she's she's gonna be fine either way but i think in terms of what would actually be like an interesting next several months for the division i think tiffany stratton with the title could actually be you know
1: we haven't seen that one before. Yeah, we haven't. I think she's got hella potential too, man. She's got it. She's got a presence. She's got a presence. The title would look good on her. I'll tell you that.
0: It's kind of crazy if you look back at that whole tournament. I mean, the people who didn't make the final four, uh, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, Keanu James, Fallon Henry. I mean, those all there's, you know, a version of history where any of those four are are making their way into the finals. Um, so you know, it's, there's still a lot of developmental going on. There's still a lot of training and learning and, and evolving going on. But they've got a lot of talent down there. Anyway, um, all right. Those are the three big shows. Those are the matches we're most excited about. Um, what wh- on Thursday we're going to come back and do all our official picks, which we'll have to do at light speed to get all of these.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of sh- it's a lot of wrestling this weekend. It's gonna be insane.
0: Um, and guys, I'd just like to make a special announcement. We've been recording for, according to this, uh, just over an hour. Although I'm sure there'll be some edits, so the people listening to this will be, will take exception to that. But we've been going for over an hour, and we've not said the name. Don't say it. Don't say it. Ah, <laughs> it. Oh God! I was no, hoping. No, we get an award for that. We're Jeez. we're going to bring out the prime rib and the and the, uh, <laughs> an and waffle, the waffle bar just to celebrate this episode of the, the show. <laughs>
1: Golly, oh, hilarious! Yeah, nah, we're almost there. We're mm-hmm. almost there, but we had to meet our. That's nah, okay. Got to meet our. We, got to, we had to announce quarter. it.
0: We got to celebrate. Well, congratulations to you, Kaz. Yeah, thanks. You're to have a good time this weekend. Uh, but I mean, we'll I'll talk also. On the
1: fun thing is, I'll also be on WWE Ultimate this weekend too for the Night of Champions
0: episode. So, <laughs> <low>. I mean, <laughs> you're the Chris. You're the Chris Bay, or you're like the ravishing root <laughs> of, uh, of of <laughs> podcast hosts doing. Listen, I'm, I'm an
1: independent content creator for professional wrestling wherever good professional Mm -hmm. wrestling is I will be there (laughs) as long as you pay me
2: (laughs) just kidding kidding. everybody's got a price (laughs) that's great
1: Do you want to get your plugs in so we can say goodbye? Yeah, man. Say less with Kaz. Okay, Rosie out every Monday. New episode is out now. A uh, great interview with Lenny Cook, a uh, guy who, oh. you know, you guys who may be very familiar with. I think right now he has an incredible story to tell, especially between the LeBron, John Moran, Victor Wembanyama stuff about it. He has an incredible story. Anybody who hasn't heard Lenny Cook, Google it, check out the podcast. You can check me out on Countdown Points Bet USA every monday tuesday thursday and friday and right here on the masked man show on the ring wrestling feed uh i'll see you guys at uh, double and nothing in vegas and check me out on peacock this weekend on wwe ultimate uh, night of champions before night of champions kicks off saturday so lots of casts on youtube this weekend as far as professional wrestling is concerned
0: you can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Make sure you listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, GP, Wednesday Worldwide, and of course, the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Thank you, uh, as always, to Super Producer Brian Waters for sitting in with us and giving his picks this week. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. Get better soon, Mercedes Monet. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids.